gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 14 of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. As always, I'm Mitch Fosberg, joined alongside the rabbit of my Batman, Mr. Christian Boer. Christian, how are you feeling this fabulous Monday? You know, I don't know how I feel about that intro, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, no, I'm feeling good, man. I'm doing alright. School's almost over, Praise which the Lord. is nice. Um, long semester, long semester, not having a spring break. Uh, I, I was obviously mentally prepared for not having a spring break because... Um, you know, we knew we weren't going to have one, but goodness, now that we're almost done, I wish we'd have one. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat you are, uh, just trying to finish it up strong. Last mm-hmm. week was a rough one, my allergies were kicking in bad, they still are kind of today, but it's gotten better, thank goodness, I got a good work in today, thank goodness, so, uh, should be feeling better, but, hey, uh, we're about, what, 16, 17 games in the baseball right now, right? Yes. Which means, te- which means technically we're 10% of the way through the season, right? That's crazy. Are you, ra- are you ready to overreact just a little bit? Just a tad. Yankees suck, don't they? Yes, they do. They're terrible. My goodness. 5 and 10. They're garbage. Man. Fire everyone. Jeez. Fire Aaron Boone. Steinbrenner's just go off board. Yeah. Deal, de- just just go ahead and deal like Garrett Cole and uh, Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres, the Tigers, exchange for like, you know, maybe like... um. You know, for like a Julio Terran and a Jose Yeah, Urena. Julio, t- yes. You know, just for fun. Give them Urania, give us that, yeah. No, but out of the gate, the way kind of initial thoughts in the season so far? You know, it's tough to get a beat on it just because it seems like so many teams are up and down. Like, if you'd asked me that after the first week, uh, after Boston got swept by the Orioles, I'd have told you to write them off too, and look what they've done since then. So, um, again, it feels like this is going to be a year where it just kind of ebbs and flows. Um the teams that are going to be good will rise to the top. Um, water always finds its level, though, so don't be surprised. Probably mid-June, the Yankees set the record for wins in a row and skyrocket back to the top of the AL East. So. Hey, hey, you never know. Uh, I think the one team I think we all saw to start coming was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. They're like, what, 13-3 and right now? Yes. Can Something I just insane? interject that that series of the Padres was so much fun. Oh, man. So much fun. We still have 16 more games with them, too. Oh, oh man. Great times. Uh, it's about time in our, our lifetime we see the Dodgers and Padres. We like, really get at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about time. It's a fun West Coast for everyone we haven't seen in a while because you know, it's taken the Dodgers a while to get to this point, and the Padres have been the Padres since Tony Gwynn yep. retired. But, man, uh, fun of baseball season here. Uh, yeah, so I think we can just move on to hockey at this point. Don't yeah, you think? for sure. Yeah, because now I have baseball talk. Um Getting toward the end of the season here, um, which division you want to start with first? North, East, Central, or West? Oh, let's start with the West. Let's go all West. Start with the West. All right. So, big three points me is Division One. The last time we talked about hockey, I mentioned Vegas and Colorado. You need to pull, start pulling away, right? Mm-hmm. They have. Oh, yeah. Top two teams league right now, 64 points. Finally pulled away. Those two go at it in seven games where they shot the Final Four in a bloodbath. Oh, Oh, man. That's going to be funny to see Colorado winning six. But, you know, that's my hot take for the day. Uh, there you go. The other point in that division. That number four team in that division, if we were, like, normal for the West in the playoffs in that division, there would be three teams in that division coming out. Number four would be, like, we'd be probably be picking, like, seven in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be Arizona or St. Louis. It's hard to think St. Louis is down the slow right now. Arizona's hanging in there by a thread somehow. I don't get it. But, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think whoever takes that is probably going to get swept. Or at least take five, push five games with whoever's in first. And then my surprise on the division so far has been Minnesota. 
Yeah, the Wild. Really young team, real scrappy team. Uh, I think it helps when your division is very top-heavy and then the bottom is just... Yeah, all these California teams not performing well. Uh, what's what's taking the West? You know, as I'm looking at it here, um, you know, we were talking about obviously you mentioned Colorado and Vegas kind of pulling away. Um, my biggest thing is it's crazy to see that Arizona is minus twenty in goal differential. They'd be making the playoffs. Yep. Crazy. Insane. I mean, that is just my one huge takeaway from that division. Is my goodness. If the season ended today, a team with a minus twenty goal differential is playing for a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Especially last year, we're talking Arizona, we talked about Auntie Ranta and Darcy Kemper being one of the best one-two tandems uh, in the league, and now you mentioned the minus twenty goal differential. Oof, yeah, I'm not okay. good. Quick on the spot, who wins the division? Colorado. To go off brand here, I'll say Vegas. Okay. Just for the fun of it. I'm with All it. right, so let's go to the Central Division. Um. We won't talk about the wings too much, or else I'm going to start crying. Yeah. Um, first take out that, don't count out Dallas yet. I believe right now they're in, what, six in that division? Yes. However, they're still three points back, and they have three games in hand with Nashville. Right. They're still in the sun gun. Oh, absolutely. And now, could they push? If Carolina or Florida gets the one seed, could they make a push for them? Push them six, seven games, balloon around, maybe make an upset? Yeah, absolutely. If they're firing up. Pun intended, and if somehow Tyler Sagan is back healthy, be huge for him. Uh, but yeah, right now, don't count Dallas. Um, top three teams in there: Carolina one, Florida two, Tampa three. Is that correct in the order? As we record this on Monday, yes. April nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Yes. Not surprised. No, me either. The way Carolina's played the past two years, not surprised at the top. Florida was due like okay last year, first year with Joel Quenville and Bobrovsky. Bob really hasn't found a stride yet. Mm-hmm. It's a little frustrating. Although now with all, with Aaron Eckblad Al, just a brutal black yeah. fracture. I'm just I'm grimacing thinking about that injury. I want to cry a little bit. Like that's mm-hmm. just a brutal way to go. But the top three in the division, no surprise so far. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And then finally number three, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Woof. Yeah, they're bad. Yikes. So bad. My expectations for them were low, but holy smokes. They are very bad. I mean, woof. It just sucks, like, you could point this team last year, like, we're kind of went off the rails, was about that, that game went against Tampa, went like four, five, it was five overtimes, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I remember watching that entirely, thinking like, yes, I can make a home in time, watch this game at three o'clock, it's eight o'clock, all right, fifth overtime, what the yeah. bloody hell's going on? It was a battle, I think we knew whoever was going to win that was going to win the series and make it around the cup, and, well, lo and behold, Tampa got the redemption from the year before, and now, um, Columbus is sitting in the, the basement. They're not, full, they're not fully in the basement yet, but... They're a game out. <laughs> they're a point out. They're I pointed should. for Detroit. So, Christian, who wins that division? You know, as I look at this, it doesn't seem as that hot of a take. They're in third place right now, but they're two points back. Give me Tampa. I'll take Carolina just okay. for the hell of it. Rizek's back healthy. He's put up good numbers. They'll win it, but are they going to go far? We'll see. Yeah. Now, the East Division... Oof. The New York Raiders have the most points of any team since, like, February 27th, their second most. They've been climbing up. Yes, they have. But I feel like it's too little too late for them. I would agree. Because right now, let's see, they're, what, four points back of Boston? Yes, four. And Boston has, what, two or three games up on them? Yes, two games. Two games up, and they're four points ahead. And Taylor Hall starting to score again? Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
I'll tell you what, though. I think the Rangers, they can do this be where they were at. Be at. They'll be like right on the edge, but just end up short. But I think the Rangers are right on par of what we expect them to be. Yep. Which is, uh, yeah, these divisions set back to normal. Um, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. Yikes. <laughs> Gold. But um, second point in the East. We talked about Columbus and the expectations were low, but we talked about Buffalo. Maybe if things went right, could sneak into a playoff spot. Yeah, not how funny of a take was that? Yeah, well, hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> My goodness, an eighteen game losing streak. Jack Eichel's done. You're wasting two really good defenders in Rasmus Ristolainen and Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, I treat Eric Stahl. I mean, Jeff Skinner's been. It looks like one of the worst extensions in NHL history. And that's saying something knowing the extensions Ken Holland gave out like <laughs> Johan Franzen and Justin Abdicator. Yeah. But Buffalo. Man. I heard a take a while ago saying the Buffalo Sabres are going to become what the Cleveland Browns were from like 2000 to about 2021. About this year. Mm-hmm. And I fully agree with it. I really do. I'm it's, with it. It's tragic. And finally, um, my biggest disappointment in the NHL this season. The Philadelphia Flyers. We thought finally with Carter Hart and some of the pieces they had on the back end with uh, Shane Gossespierre and Ivan Provov and then talking about Forrest like Claude Giroux, James Van Riemsdyk, Sean Couturier, Nolan Patrick, Kevin Hayes. The list goes on and on and on. And they're sitting in what, six right now? Yes. They're going, they've gone through at least three or four goalies this season? Yeah. We talked about Murphy's Law before we seen you in men's basketball. Um, yeah, this is just blows for Philadelphia. Um, this could be the end for Elaine Vigneault, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the good news for Carter Hart is that he can put this season behind him along with all the other pucks that have gotten behind him. So. <laughs> and finally, one point I'm going to mention, and uh, so far, even four games for the Capitals, Anthony Mantha has four goals. Um, yes. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm not really all that surprised. Uh, he, I don't know if he was necessarily being a diva, you know, I need to get out of here, but it's good to have a little spark. I mean, you saw what Castellanos did when he went to Chicago uh, to kind of tr- cross the line of the sports here, uh, and he went on that big old tear with the Cubbies when he had something to play for. I mean, you got something to play for. You're the best team in your division all of a sudden. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. We, we got a good return for him. He's performing well. It's a win-win for both sides right now. So, ask me if I'm heartbroken about Mantha being dealt. Are you? No. Yeah. Hell no. So be it. Congratulations. He's finally on the good team. Yes, mm-hmm. he's going to score. Whatever. So, yeah. So, the winner of the division, off the top of your head, Christian. You know, give me Barry Trotz. Give me the Islanders. I'll take the Caps at this point. I'm with it. They have young goaltending that worries me, but I'll take the Caps. Be, the, be one of those two, though. I got the Barry Trotz effect. All right, and then finally... The North Division, the Scotiabank North, not the Tim Hortons North. I'm still fuming about that one, just a little bit. Um, first take of division, first take away. I think I think the Final Four is set. Yes. I think it's Toronto one, Winnipeg two, uh, Edmonton three, Montreal four. Mm-hmm. Uh, be fun to watch. And then also in that division, that's Toronto's division to lose. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Just face facts. If Carey Price gets back healthy from this little stretch he's been on, place starts to come back to Carey Price of 2012, or we saw in the postseason last year, and you know Toronto has those first round. <laughs> so again, you know it it could spell trouble, and they could just 
lead to one of the most dismal, you know, fan bases of any sports team in the world. Just, you know, give them the reason to, yeah. you know, pop off a fifth of Pink Whitney without any judgment. <laughs> Shout out Biz Nasty. But, yeah, then number three, maybe a bit of a hot take, but you might agree with it. Connor McDavid is the NHL, what Mike Trout is to the MLB. Yeah. The best player in the league by far, but his team is not going to do jack squat. Correct. It's just, he's at a place right now where the big money, big contract, MVP level player. But his team is just, meh. Mm-hmm. Meh. And, you know, I mentioned the dismal drafting of, or sorry, the disastrous drafting of Detroit sports. I mentioned how scared I am for the Oilers, right, with Ken Holland? Yes. Yeah. That's also why I'm very scared for Connor McGavitt's future and why in a couple no years he kidding. could be dealt. So, Christian, who wins that division? Toronto. I also take Toronto, though Winnipeg could sneak in. I am biased with that Winnipeg selection, though. Very biased. But, all right, so we're sitting here right now. Three three awards up to bat here. The Hart Trophy MVP, the Color Trophy for Rookie of the Year, and the Vesna Trophy for Goalie of the Year. Let's start with the Vesna. Who's your Goalie of the Year? Andre Vasilevsky from Tampa Bay. Right on, defend. You know, I just think he's been the guy. You know, they... Granted, I you know you look at these divisions, and they're I mean the bottom half of it is bad, uh, with the exception of Dallas, obviously. Um, so it's not like he's getting battered around every single night, but he does his job. He's very good, and um, I think he's very deserving. So for me, my vote for Vesna goes to Philip Grubauer from the Cairo Avalanche. His numbers right now, as we talk here on this Monday, twenty five and eight with a goals against average of two point oh oh. And a save percentage of .920. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal across the board for one of not the best teams point-wise in the NHL right now. And a big reason for it. So for me, Philip Grubauer. Although Vasilevsky, solid pick too. Can I argue that? The Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Um, now, if I butcher this uh, pre- or pronunciation, excuse me, I... I, I think I, I think um, you're going to have the same same one here. Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Minnesota Wild. 17 goals, 19 assists for 36 points. Really mm-hmm. stepping up as the leader of that team. Had the same pick, too. Yep, he's he's solid. I mean, I mentioned a while ago, I mentioned Kevin Lincoln would be a pick, but then I, then I learned about Kirill. It's like, oh... Yeah, okay, yep, I see why this needs to go there. <laughs> yes, yeah, Corolla, again, Lankanen was probably second in my mind. Um, but, no, I, I, you know, looking at those numbers, I think that it's got to go to that man. And then, finally, MVP, Hard Trophy. I think we're on the same page. Can we say on the count of three? One, two, three. Connor, Connor McDavid. McDavid. Yeah, okay, okay, good. 23 goals, 40 assists, 71 points. I could argue Austin Matthews because of the goal Terry has been, been on, but he has 19 assists. So, I think McDavid's a slam dunk pick, correct? Mm-hmm. For All sure. Right. All right, so that was our NHL breakdown. Christian, I'll let you go first with your corner because I think you have something really interesting in store for yeah, listeners this week. Yeah, so I'm going to open this by asking you a question, Mitch. Yes, sir. Have you ever caught a foul ball at a, at a, any level baseball game? I have not, but I, but I almost had a foul ball from Michael Bourne drilling in the skull. Oh, well, there's a man in this world by the name of Zach Campbell who has about 12,000 foul balls tucked away that he could share with you. Now, I got put on this Zach Campbell about midway through my senior year. Baseball season's just getting started. All the guys on my team got along super well. 
And, um, you know, we're all just kind of, we were all in tune with the world, whatever. One of my best friends comes up to me and he says, you got to check this out. Pulls up YouTube and he shows me Zach Hample. Now, the name sounded familiar to me. I didn't know why at the time. Watched a couple of his videos, then it clicked. This is the guy who held, who caught A-Rod's 3,000th hit and held the ball hostage <laughs> and wouldn't give it back to him. And eventually, you know, money changed hands. He got through meet and greet. So then he started following along with this guy. I got to tell you, Mitch, this guy is wired differently. This guy is crazy. Mr. Hample runs around, catches fly ball. He's one of the first guys in the stadium. I don't know how he gets in so early. And there are times like he just made a video where he's the only guy in the stands at batting practice. And so he's running foul pole to foul pole, essentially getting every BP home run. And I'm like, this, there's no way this guy is real. And then he does an apartment tour on his YouTube video, and there's just baseballs and bats everywhere. This guy is crazy. It is insane to me the levels this man has committed. And, you know, he does the Watch with Zach thing where he charges fans $1,000 plus every cent of his transportation, ticket, hotel. I'm not necessarily in agreement with that. I don't necessarily agree with that. I can't decide whether I actually like the guy or not, but there's no doubt that he is a meme unlike any other in terms of professional sports fandom, I mean, there's guys in football stadiums who paint their faces and dress up, and but they're nameless. Baseball and Zach Hample are synonymous, and whether or not I like the guy, I commend his fandom. Love to see it. You mentioned synonymous, which I transitioned to my corner. Today is April 19, 2021, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what happened this day two years ago? Oh, gosh, two years ago. You don't, do you? Let me explain. It felt, well, two years ago feels like a decade. It does happen. with everything going on. So, for those of you who know me, well, I'm a diehard Dread Reverence fan. My family just bleeds red and white, the winged wheel. My dad always made sure my brother and I were wearing Red Wings shirts when we were little. I remember there's a photo going around that somewhere my mom has. I'm wearing an Eisenman player's shirt. My brother's wearing a Shanahan player's shirt. Great time. Obviously, since Pavel Datsuk retired to about early 2019, not a lot to cheer about, huh? Correct. But that day, two years ago, I woke up. I checked my phone. And the one thing happened in my lifetime I knew was I put I swear I was gonna put money on one of my good friends, Mr. James A. Paxson, and I went back and forth for like six months saying, It's not gonna happen. Yes, Jimmy, it's gonna happen. No, it's not, Mitch. Yes it is, no it's not. Yes it is. And it happened. Yes it did. Steve Eisenman. Yep, I know where you're going. Steve Eisenman. Came back to Hockey Town. The prodigal son returned to begin the rebuild. I'm not going to lie. I called my dad that morning. I was misty-eyed. Yeah. Not going to lie. I went back. I'm getting misty to think about it right now. It's like, man, Steve's back. Because we all saw what he did in Tampa. Mm-hmm. We all saw what he did in Tampa. We all knew it was going to happen eventually. But back in my mind's like, nah, probably not going to happen. It's too much fun success there. And then before the season started, the 1819 campaign, he told the team, hey, I'm stepping down and I'm going to go home at the end of the year. And then after that point, it was like, yeah, he's going to Detroit. People were like, yep. nah, it's too good to be true. Too good to be true. All that day, at a press conference on the 19th day of April of all days. And now here we are back, finishing year, about to finish year two of the Wiser plan. 
Oh, man. Great day for your anniversary. Mm-hmm. Especially a couple of years this team gets going. I'm really excited. But for me, I'm just happy to celebrate the second anniversary of the return of the captain, Steve Eisenman. For sure. All right. So let's move on to some rumors. Yep, I'm ready. All right, next next segment. Sports rumors. The drill's pretty simple by herself. Rumor number one. I saw this this morning. We were talking about it for a while. But I feel this could be a lock here. Is Micah Parsons a lock at number seven to the Detroit Lions? I'm going to sell that. Why? I'm going to sell that. I think that as much as Dan Campbell wants this to be the identity of this team being ground and pound, you know, hit hard, and the best way to do that would be to draft a guy on the defensive, excuse me, defensive side of the ball. I think I think that there's just too much A plus potential game breaking offense in the, especially the top half of that draft, uh, that they are gonna have to capitalize. I mean, I feel like, you know, you're gonna be sitting there and there's a chance you could have a quarterback, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, any sort of option there that you just can't pass up. I think the only quarterback that has a chance of falling that far would be Trey Lance, and I don't even think maybe that he gets there. I think that there's no way a, t- a QB-needy team at the back end of the draft sits back. But if Lance is there at seven, you take it. You take it. And if Jalen Waddle, I you know, I'm not as sold on Waddle as I am on Chase. If Chase is there at seven, you take it. If Kyle Pitts falls to seven, I would be in favor of taking him. So... I'm selling the rumor that Micah Parsons is a lock. I'm buying it on the condition they don't trade down. If they trade down, okay, so be it. But I'm buying it. Um, yeah, I get it. This receiver class is great. Is it, though? Are we 100% guaranteed sure it's going to be great? We 100% sure. Because we mentioned last year's receiving class was so great, right? But you had the best receivers... Weren't, it wasn't Jerry Judy. It wasn't Henry Ruggs who were the first receivers off the board. It wasn't. No, I, well, no probably number two receiver in last year's draft class, stat-wise, was the 10th receiver t- taken in the second round. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. You need weapons. Detroit needs weapons. Why receivers in need there? I, I, I understand it. But a guy like a partisan's caliber in the Lions, who was the last great Lions linebacker? Oh, gosh. Is Chris Spielman a stretch? My point exactly. And the, this defense has been, what, the top half of the league once since yeah. you were born? Like, you need someone to go sideline to sideline. Someone's a skill. I mean, we, he's a freak of nature athlete. Like, yeah, I can totally see it, Seven. It's Parsons. I can totally see it. And it makes sense. See, I guess the biggest thing for me is that I, what I've been seeing, I've seen guys like him all the way from 7 to Detroit to 20. Yeah. It's, so it's just, I mean, it, after the first three picks, I think it's a crapshoot. Yeah. So, for me, this is the rumor that's floating around there. I'm just throwing out just for shits and gigs. Um, Jack Eichel will be a Buffalo Sabre in 2022. Sell that. I'm selling that. I think that somebody will cough up an arm and a leg to try and get him in a contender. You know, um, I'm not as well-versed in terms of who has who, uh, depth roster-wise. But it wouldn't surprise me if, oh gosh, I want to see the Islanders. Make a run at him, you know? They're right on the fringe, and you got to make a big move. You've got the coach. You've got pieces. Now, 
go get go get the game breaker. Go get the big piece that can put you in contention with the Capitals because they're going to be close in the division, but I don't think they're going to win it. I, I mean, I guess I just said they're going to win it. But. So I'm also going to sell this. Let me throw this proposition out for you, Christian. Michael Crack. If somehow you were able to offer up the Washington Capitals' first-round pick, a second-round pick you have at your disposal, let's say Tyler Patuzzi and let's say Dennis Chalowski, <laughs> for Jack Eichel. I'd do that, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm going to sell that sell it to you. You won't be a saver. But I'm just selling that, like, hypothetical. Hypothetical. sweet. Like, you still have a first, two seconds, two thirds, two fourths, two fifths, and you get a former, you get a guy who probably would in any other draft class in the past ten years, probably would have been number one overall, except he was behind McDavid. Yes. That was the only thing against him. And then, finally, the Giants will select a pass rusher at 11. I'm, the first thing they have listed is Pay. However, the second one's going to ask it you. The Giants are considering Aziz Ojulari at 11. Wow. Buy yourself. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I will. I think that especially if the draft shakes out the way they do, I think. I'm not necessarily buying that it'll be Aziz Ojulari, but I'm buying that they'll take a pass rusher. I think that Gregory Rousseau is another guy who you and I have talked about. I know you're pretty high on him. I think he's a guy who should be in consideration there too. So between Pay, him, and um, Ojolari, I think that there's definitely options. And I definitely think it's something that can happen. Yeah, I'm selling, I'm selling the Ojolari part. I would say Pay before Ojolari. Yeah. Easy. Um, Giants a little pass rusher 11. I mean, you lost Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, you still have Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. Get one more big body like Quiddy Pay for that D line. <sighs> That's gonna be a problem at the division. I mean, it'll probably be the second best D line. Yeah. Just saying something about Washington, how good they are. But those are my uh, buy or sell rumors. Uh, I like that. What do you have for quick thoughts this week, Christian? All right. So the first one I want to hit on is I know I'm not necessarily a big soccer guy. I don't know how big of a soccer guy you are, but they just developed this super league where they've essentially taken all the big ballers out in Europe and put them together, consolidated them. Um, what I want to know from you is, if the NFL were to form a 10-team Super League, who'd be in it? Now, consider this. Wait, by teams or by players? 10 teams. 10 teams, right now. Okay, we're going to take five from each conference real quick. Obviously, Kansas City and Tampa would be in there. I put in Green Bay. Um, I put in the Rams. Yes. I think you have no choice but to put the Rams in at this point. Um, I would put in... Oh, gee, you should try to think here. I'm not going to put anybody from the NFC East in because that's just a crapshoot. Um, I'll put the Saints in there for now, although next season I think that's done. It's saying something. Um, because I'm biased, because the defense is that good, I'll put Pittsburgh in there. I'll put Seattle in there, and if Jimmy G is healthy, I'll put San Francisco in there. Um, think what you'll think. All these teams. All the St. Louis Rams. No, kidding. Um, Baltimore? Baltimore or Cleveland. Baltimore slash Cleveland. It's one of the two. Okay. I'll put, I'll, put, I'll put Cleveland before Baltimore. I'll put Cleveland there. 
And my 10th team, my 10th and final team in the Super League. I have an argument for one of the teams that you want to leave out. Okay. Dallas. Huge brand. Huge brand. But but an 8 and 18. They're not good, but they put butts in seats. I understand this entirely. People hate watch the Dallas Cowboys more than they love. And I'll put the Colts in there for number 10. I like that. that Those are my 10. I understand Dallas, but just to record-wise the past couple years, eh. I like it. I like it. Now I, I kind of put you through the ringer, so these next two are going to be kind of easy. Number one, give me your fantasy baseball update. How's the team doing? Well, my keeper league right now, I'm two and zero right now. Uh, I had like I had Giolito go today, and I'm steamed. <laughs> I am steamed. He went one inning, gave up like seven earned. I'm crying a bit on the inside, but squeaked up big win against a good team uh, this past week by three points because uh, I was down. I was down by a couple points. I was down to I had Marcelo Zuna, and the guy had Chris Bryant. And if Marcelo Zuna struck out his last at bat, I would have lost. But he drew a walk and he got a couple points and won by like 3.2. That's so, what we like to see. Hanging in there. Uh, Corbin Burns has been nice. Um, Strasburg having him right now hurts. But having Bauer also helps. Yeah. So that's how the uh, that's how uh, Brad Handjobs are looking right now. And then number three, just a gambling update. Uh, eh, not too bad. Not great. Not bad. Had one parlay hit. Um, I went about two for four, three for four, about fifty percent so far. So, I'll do that's a win. Baseball's getting doing fine. Hockey went two for four last night. It is what it is, but yeah, betting has uh, it's been say average. There you go. All right, so we have the what if for this week. I am so. When Austin and I did this a couple weeks ago, we did the uh, NHL fantasy draft. From 2001. And if I may interject, I'm glad you did that with him. Yes. Because I was born in 2001 and didn't start seriously following hockey until like two years ago. So. So. That would have been very bad. So for this one, I think we can agree we're both on par. So today we're drafting an NFL offense from the year year 2011. So here's the criteria. You get one quarterback, one running back. Two wide receivers, a tight end, and two O-linemen because I was O-lineman in high school and I love O-lineman. I'm with it. Now I have one question. Yes, sir. Are we drafting for how they're going to do in the future? Or are we just planting ourselves in 2011 and just picking the best players available? That's totally up to you, how you build your team. Okay, okay. So, so you're planning, you planning yourself in 2011, but you're, pick, you're picking the best players at that point to have a good... Well, I'm a successful dynasty. I'm with it. Okay, yeah. And because I'm such a nice guy, I'll let you pick first. We'll go back and forth. <laughs> so, Christian, your first overall pick. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Fair enough. Any explanation needed? I think you're good. Talk to the rings. Talk to the rings. This is a man that gets better with age. He's like a fine wine. Not that I would know, of course. I'm still 19. <laughs> but, um, no, he's, I mean, he's. Played longer than I've been alive. So, and he's so, won how many Super Bowls since 2011? That's true. And he showed this year that there is such thing as a Tom Brady bump. Wherever he goes, his teams are going to win. And for that reason, give me Brady first overall. So you take a quarterback, huh? Yeah. I think you have to go weapon here. I thought you'd take him first, but the Brady pick makes sense. So for me, my first pick, I'm going to take number 81. Megatron, mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson, 
First Battle Hall of Famer, freak of nature athlete, big weapon for me. You know, say more? No. All right, Christian, your second pick. You have Brady. Who else you got here? Adrian Peterson. All right. I'm taking Adrian Peterson. He, I mean, he's another guy who kind of been up and down recently, but at the time he was the best back in the league. Uh, unstoppable at times. And give me Brady with that man in the backfield. You got the two-way threat the whole way. All right, so for me, you go weapons here. Um... Because you have Brady, you have to throw monkey wrench plants. I'm going to go the most vicious blocker of a tight end ever. With the greatest hands. I'm thinking Mr. Rob Gronkowski okay. at tight end. I'm just picturing, you know, running four verts with Megatron and Gronkowski on the same side of the field. How do you defend that? It's tough. You don't. So for that reason alone, um, I'll go with Gronk here in a second. So you have Brady, Adrian Peterson. Who are you taking third? at my big board here. I'm going to take Larry Fitzgerald. All right. What you get size and strength, I get skill. The athleticism. Give me Fitz. Sticky hands. He's not going to drop anything. And I think the connection between him and Tom Brady would be phenomenal. So, I have Calvin Johnson and Rob Gronkowski. You already picked the quarterback or running back, so you can't take anyone off my board in those positions. Correct. But... I need to go O-line here. Probably the best lineman in the league right now. Plays for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to take him here. His name is Joe Thomas. He was first on my big board. Whatever quarterback I take here, he's got to stay upright. So I'm going to go Joe Thomas here. And uh, slip by the O-line. Okay. I'm with that. Now I'm going to go. I want to follow suit. Offensive line. You know what I'm going to. I'm going to. I'll follow suit. I'll go offensive line. Tom Brady needs him a guy to snap him the ball. I'll take the best center in the league, Mr. Nick Mangold. All right. Respect the pick. Very good with the New York Jets. Uh, carved out a reputation for just being a battler, a stud, and um, I will take him. I'll fish around the line here. A little biased in this pick, but he was named the All-Decade team. Marquise Pouncey. Oh! Oh, Mar- that's not where I thought you were going. Pouncey. Wait, 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 where do you think I was going? Well, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to pick him next. Actually, wait, <laughs> do we get one tight end? Yes, one tight end. Okay, I will not, I'll pick him next. See, I'm Marquise Pouncey, 10-year vet out of Florida. 2010 All-Decade, first-team center. Probably a good shot of getting the can. Probably second or third time around, but. So I'll go Thomas and Pouncey, lock up the O-line. I'll, I'll take Gronk, and I'll take Calvin. So I'm a tight ends, O-line, and wide receiver. Need one more wide out, but we can take him next year, but. Um, I I thought you were going to take this guy simply because when you said bias, I thought for <laughs> sure you were going here. I'm taking Joe Staley, offensive lineman. Uh, when you said bias, I thought you were going to go with the Central Michigan bias. Uh, oh, okay. Very good player, six-time pro bowler. Uh, he's an all-pro a couple times, I believe. Yep. He's, I mean, he's the Pro Football Hall of Fame All-2010s team, so... Need a blindside tackle. Got a blindside tackle. Tom Brady is not going to hit. Now he's not going to touch the ground. It's going to be incredible. So I'll finish my wide receiving core here. They seem to trade up a lot of spots to draft in 2011 to uh, go up and get him. He was an absolute uh, animal at the University of Alabama. Shoot. Big body receiver. If we're not talking about Megatron being the best receiver of the decade, 
We're talking about him probably being second or third. You know I'm going this, right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Julio Jones. Yeah, he was on my list. I thought I could sneak one more pick by you before I took him. All right, so you have, just make sure you got this right. You, you have Joe Staley. Yes. Who else do you have? You have Brady? Brady, Peterson, Fitzgerald, and Nick Mangold. All right, so you only have to set quarterback set, running back is set. I need a receiver and a tight end. All righty, so who are you going to take? Well, I will go the tight end route. I will take Jimmy Graham from New Orleans. He was sick on my big board, so nice job. Very good tight end, very good player. Uh, career's kind of faltered out lately, but, again, just another guy that would be really solid. All right, so for me, running backs here, i got to pick between two. My old line is good enough. My receiving core is amazing. If I, keep, if I keep his body preserved better, he'll be really good. A man known as CJ2K? Oh, yeah. And the Tennessee Titans, yeah. Mr. Chris Johnson. Fast as all get out. Former 2,000-yard rusher. Uh, be pretty speedy to go with the big, monstrous uh, weapons I have and the big, strong lineman. So, Christian, your last pick's receiver. Who do you got? Hmm. You know, this man has a very good connection with my quarterback. And if... He could have got with him in 2011. There's no telling what could have happened. Give me Antonio Brown, wide receiver out of Central Michigan. Him and Tom Brady are best pals. They were roommates at one point. I mean, the the chemistry with my team is off the charts. I'm just blown away. I wish I could watch this ensemble of players play. Let's see. I have Joe Thomas, Marquis Pouncey L-line. Rab Gronkowski, a tight end. Mm Mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, a wideout. CJ2K, running back. Quarterback, though. Yeah, I'm surprised you waited this long. Yeah, but you, you and quarterback at the gate, so you couldn't take him. So, for my pick here, I will take who man who is currently the reigning, defending, undisputed, most valuable player in the NFL, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. You need to see more. The, the Terry's been on this past decade. It's just, um... Yeah, he's been very good. Impressive. Crazy Impressive. Good. Yep. So, yep, that was our, uh... That was our what-if... Our face-drafted offense in 2011. So... Ready for the next segment? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Positive. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back in my favorite segment of the week. It's yeah. Christian! Hey! So... I got right through at you last week. It was that kind of week last week for trivia. Oh, it's two thousand nine ten Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, correct. I was scraping that back with Blackhawks trivia. My goodness, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. I let you down that one. Ugh. But this one, um, you, we're talking talk about the first pick and bay in that last segment. Yeah. It's all about the legendary career, somewhat, of Mr. Tom Brady. Tom. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, question one: We all remember Tom Brady. He stepped in. Because because Drew Bledsoe got hurt in a Monday football game. Question is, um, who are they playing against that Monday night football game? Buffalo Bills. Final answer? Yes. Incorrect. It would have been the New York football Jets. Oh, the Jets. I knew it was an AFC East opponent. You were close enough. Sure. Now, question number two. Which of the flying quarterbacks did not back up Brady? Is it A, Matt Castle? B, Doug Flutie? C, Jim Storgi or D. Benny Testaverde. 
That's a good question because I'm going to go with test averting. That's your final answer. Yes. And it's incorrect. Wow. Jim Storgy was a longtime backup for Peyton Manning. Okay. Tester Verde was served the 06 season. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Oh, boy. That's a good question, though, isn't that it? That is a very good question. Now, question, now talk about good questions here. <clears throat> question number three. Did you, did you know that Tom Brady played catcher? He's a yeah. baseball player? He was actually drafted in, he was actually drafted in 1995. Uh-huh. The question is, which team drafted him? Montreal Expos. Correct. You got one. All right. Can't go over all right, ready for the bonus question? I'm ready for the bonus question. This postseason, Tom Brady broke another record. Him and Drew Gronkowski broke the postseason record for most touchdowns from quarterback to a receiver. Mm-hmm. How many touchdowns do they have currently in the postseason? Shoot, I know this. Twenty-two. That's your final answer. Yes. Incorrect. Shoot. Fourteen. Oh, I was too high. <laughs> too high. Hey, you know, one for three. Don't just miss the bonus question a little bit, but. Hey, the number two was a good one, though. I really was. Yes, it was. So now, ready for the question of the week. I'm ready. Now, this question I saw the other day floating on Twitter. Bo Jackson is excluded as an answer. Because yeah. it's flipping obvious. But we gotta go past that, okay? The question of the week is... Who would you who would be considered an all-time great if they weren't injured? Or who's an athlete who have a much better career if they weren't injured? Hmm... You know, that's a really good question. I don't know how far back I want to go with this, but I've been doing um, a kind of a side gig I have as I write for Sports Illustrated All Lions. And I've been doing some, some pieces on Lions history. And I got to know the name Billy Sims. Um, and a three-time Pro Bowler in four seasons suffered a knee injury that forced him into retirement almost immediately. And I think if Billy Sims would have stuck around, I mean, everything points to him just being a star and a guy that a lot of people, especially my age, know more about. Because when I looked into his career, I was like, why don't we know about this guy? Um, so I think Billy Sims is one who is more of a household name if he wasn't injured. I'm going to stick with Detroit sports here. Name here that probably some of the older listeners will remember. Well, you guys are awesome, by the way. Thank you for listening for yes. some crazy reason you like hearing us talk sports. Um, guy from the seventies, early eighties, big long blonde hair, pitcher. Give me the bird, Mark yes. Finn. Yes. Oh my goodness! And Terry, he went on as a rookie. Incredible. A pop culture icon for a while there. Yeah, my dad is the biggest Mark Bird, Mark the Bird Finch guy I know. He loves Mark the Bird. Oh, man. Detroit did. His fortunate injuries, just knee, shoulder, everything you can think of just went completely and was never the same. But Unfortunate. If you could still be that pace through his whole career, my goodness. We're, we talk about different, all the different Detroit Tigers organization, really. Mm-hmm. Talk about different, maybe consider a greatest starter of all time if you kept at that pace, which seems ludicrous at this point, but... Yeah, he was so good. So you went... Alrighty, so next week though, next week's episode, it's gonna drop on draft day. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the UC mock draft version three point oh one through thirty two? Next, I'm week? ready. I'm gonna have to. Bring That's right, time. ladies and gentlemen. Next week's episode will be devoted to our mock drafts. It will drop at the normal time right before draft day. So you will find out if we are smart with the NFL draft or if we are absolutely idiotic with it. Which I'm excited for. I've been working on this mock draft for a little while, actually. See, I'm not as 
I struggle with that, so it'll be interesting. I think a lot of people are going to look at mine retrospect and laugh. They're going to laugh at me, but that's okay. I kind of feel like I may have the top ten somewhat down, I think. I say this now. Yeah. But, hey, you never know until you know. Uh, before we sign off, uh, congratulations to Mr. Alex Smith on a wonderful 16-year yes. NFL career. Never thought he was going to play last year. Yeah. Especially have a leg injury in 18, but, man, you want to talk about someone who just went through a lot of adversity. Yeah. Like. He's a, he's a great story, man, and he was a good player, too. It's not like – I know a lot of his career is going to be defined on his comeback from injury, which is amazing, but he carved out a pretty good career for himself, too. He did. He, you know, he wanted being a transitional quarterback for the end of his career, but – Yeah. Hey, you know, he still made playoff appearances. He still made conference-style games, and, hey, you have your leg almost had to be amputated. He still played in the NFL and helped the team to a playoffs your last season. That's awesome. It's amazing. So before we sign off, any last things from Gary Chester, bud? No, sir. All right. So for Mr. Christian Bill, I'm Mitch Bosman. <laughs>